Thursday, October 13th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Income Investor, James Early. Guys, thanks for being here. Hey, Chris. Thank you, Chris. We have rumblings about potential deals involving Google, Yahoo, and AOL, but we are going to start with earnings. J.P. Morgan Chase's overall revenue was down 11% compared to a year ago. Shares down around 6% this morning. James, what did you make of their quarter? Well, Chris, J.P. Morgan is sort of the least worst investment bank, so if they're <laughs> suffering, uh, this does not bode well. And they're the first to report earnings, by the way. So this is sort of like the, the, the first the of the negative big banks. Bo- yeah, exactly. It, it is a bad omen for, for the rest of the banks. Uh, big banks, that's a good distinction to make, because there are plenty of legitimate community banks, but but the big banks are under a lot more fire. Uh, they're, all, they're cutting a 1,000 jobs, which will help us cut costs in their investment banking unit. But the real story to me, Chris, is this heinous accounting injustice, uh, abbreviated DVA uh, debt valuation adjustments. Some, some other banks use CVA credit value adjustments. This is from an accounting rule called FAS 159. That I think we're all pretty familiar with that one. <laughs> <laughs> if, if a bank's outstanding debts uh, uh, decline in value because the market thinks the bank has become sketchier, any, any company could do this, the bank actually gets to count that as earnings. So J.P. Morgan... Uh, saw the value of its outstanding debts drop by almost $2 billion. In other words, the market has less faith in J.P. Morgan, but J.P. Morgan got to add that $2 billion or $1.9 billion to its earnings, which is almost half of its earnings. So that's kind of cheesy. Uh, it's very cheesy, Ki- actually. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it does better by by being sketchy. I, I, it calls to mind uh, the word that I think we invented on this podcast long ago: "slegal." Legal, exactly. For right. Slimy but legal, Joe. Well, I think the real story here is how hard the white shoe and seersucker suit market is going to get hit by a thousand investment banker cuts. <laughs> That's a real shame. Really, that's going to affect your wardrobe as well because you're you're big for white shoes. I'm one so, to yeah, talk. I like wear a, a lot of boat shoes, and I do own a seersucker suit. You do really. Oh, well, that's quite fine. Well, and one of the other things that, that stood out for me in, in, the, in the coverage of J.P. Morgan was the fact that their investment banking revenue, um, compared to even just the last quarter, is down substantially. Um, what does that mean? Does that just mean that there are just there's less activity uh, on Wall Street, fewer deals getting done? Yeah, when the market's not good, people don't want to go. You know, saw with Groupon, they don't want to go public. They want to wait, and this hurts investment bankers because they charge outrageous fees for these services, and they, they don't have anyone to charge their fees to. Um, so, so yeah, it's just it's, it's very simple actually. All right, a couple of potential deals making headlines today. We're let, let's start with the reports that Tim Armstrong, who is the CEO of AOL. Uh, has been meeting with uh, some of the top shareholders of the company to push the idea of selling AOL to Yahoo. Now, uh, in the interest of uh, disclosure, we work with uh, both of these companies. Um, So, uh, Joe, I'll start with you. What do you make of this? I mean, uh, one way I look at this is just in terms of the the competitive landscape and sort of Internet media companies. Um, Is is consolidation uh, better for one or both of these companies, or is this the sort of thing where um, there's enough room for more than one company to to be successful in the Internet media space? Well, there definitely is room for a lot of winners here. I think in terms of the two of these guys hooking up, uh, Yahoo has more strategic options on their plate than AOL does because they've got the Chinese assets that they could offload. And a lot of private equity buyers are pretty interested in Yahoo because, like AOL, it still gets tons of traffic. Like mm-hmm. A lot of people are quick to write these companies off, but the reality is they draw a ton of eyeballs. Now, I could see a scenario where, let's say, Yahoo buys AOL, and they could do it with cash out of hand, so it's not like a, a huge deal breaker. 
and they go through, they cut a lot of costs, uh, cut a lot of overhead, which, you know, cut some redundancies. Mm-hmm. I mean, read between the lines, they let a lot of people go. Uh, and they consolidate the sites as best they can. And then they turn around and unload the Chinese assets and non-core positions and, and try and make a go of it as a going concern like that. So just in terms of Yahoo and its shareholders and people interested in that company, um, do you think this is uh, potentially a good move for them, even if it's just one in a series of moves to really unlock the value of the company? Hmm. I think it would. I think they could get a good deal on AOL, and I think they could wring out a lot of value from it. I'm not sure that buying AOL is what would ultimately unlock the most value for them, though. James? So the missing piece here is content. Uh, right now, you've got the equivalent of, of two, I don't want to say empty stadiums getting together. That's too dramatic. But stadiums that are emptying because sort of the, the main act has ended, you can put them together, you have more people, but, but people are still leaving both of these, the, these entities. And as Joe said, AOL is not huge, so that, that bodes well for, for Yahoo in the sense that it's not a, it wouldn't be a huge deal, but do people need portals to, to get on the internet anymore? Do people need? Uh, I mean, what what do people need? That's the thing that these these both either of these companies really needs to think about is is what's going to be the draw going forward. That's going to save or not save uh, either Yahoo or AOL. Yeah, I do think AOL is worth more to Yahoo than AOL is worth to anyone else because they could get a lot of synergy from putting the two companies together. But it's still might not stop some private equity buyer from coming in, especially, you know, at a billion and a half price tag for AOL. You know, a lot of funds could come in and make that deal. Google is reporting earnings after the closing bell today, so obviously we're, we're taping before that. Um, we'll uh, check their results on Motley Fool Money this weekend. Uh, but in advance of that uh, are reports that the company uh, was possibly in talks to buy Akamai Technologies, an internet content delivery company uh, that's currently worth about $4.5 billion. Uh, Joe, you said just yesterday that uh, uh, Google is a company that you watch very closely. Yeah. Um, what do you make, uh, you know, earnings aside, what do you make of uh, this story with Akamai? Well, Google is rumored to buy pretty much everyone at points. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear the rumor that they're going to buy us. Uh, they're not. But uh, I think in this case, it could make sense in one respect, which is that Akamai is all about making the web faster. And Google has that same agenda for the reason that they want more people on the web using it more often and ultimately doing more searches so they can deliver more ads. That said, I don't know that Akamai is a necessarily a logical partner. And part of the bull case that I heard for this ac- acquisition was that Google could tap a lot of the data that Akamai has on uh, consumption by individuals and basically target ads to people based on what they're viewing and consuming. Mm -hmm. And given all the heat that Google has from the DOJ right now and virtually every other governmental body, I don't know that they're going to really roll the dice on that and want to go through such a huge regulatory headache for an acquisition that is you know, peanuts in the And they target the ads already, right? Google has that. I mean, I I get some weird ads, and I think that explains it. (laughs) Um, so you're saying if uh, if you're a Google shareholder and somewhere uh, on the back burner of your concerns is uh, the federal government making the monopoly case, you're saying Akamai, uh, an acquisition of Akamai um, actually hurts that. It yeah, hurts it would Google only add on to the, the pile of problems they've got with the government. I want to wrap up with an email that we got uh, from one of our longtime listeners, uh, a gentleman in the St. Louis area by the name of Fred Gaddis. I hope I'm pronouncing uh, Fred's last name correctly. Uh, But he dropped us a note back in August 
um, and uh, invited us, uh, very nicely invited us to the eighth annual Fred Toberfest, which is a party that he has um, in mid-October. It's actually, it's this Saturday, it's October 15th. Uh, it's the, uh, it even included the flyer, which I've got here. Uh, it looks pretty good. <laughs> it does look good. Fred Toberfest, all the beer, bratwurst, hot dogs, cheese, and bread you can imagine, uh, and lots of lots of beer. So, um, Fred, thank you for the invite. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make it to St. Louis to the party. But, guys, if we were going, I mean, obviously, we would be good guests. We would bring some sort of side dish. Uh, James, I'm assuming you'd, you'd pick a side dish that was incredibly healthy. Yeah, judging by the, the, the food groups represented on Fred's <laughs> flyer, I see bratwurst, beer, <laughs> bread. I, would, I think he's a little short on green, so I would be happy to make my signature green drink for anyone who's interested. Kale, uh, broccoli, cucumber, uh, Swiss chard if I have it, things like that. A spirulina, sometimes I, I add a little rice protein to spice it up. Um, just anything that's green, basically, I just mix it in, and it's it's pretty good. So that's what I would make for you, Fred. I think thanks for, for the invite. I, it was a very nice invite, and I think he was genuine. Um, but I think uh, listening now, he's probably genuinely glad that you're not coming. Uh, Joe, what would you bring? <laughs> I'd pile on the pork. I'd bring the, <laughs> I'd bring the old bacon explosion. You know, it's bacon wrapped in sausage, wrapped in bacon, and you slow cook it on the grill, slice it up, and then put it on buttered. Buttered Southern style biscuits. Uh, I, wow. I will. I will. Uh, Cardiologist dream right there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I will bring the best potato salad uh, I know of, which uh, has as two key ingredients: bacon and blue cheese. So I think it would fit right Strong. in. Strong. Again, Fred, thank you for the invite. Uh, sorry, we're not going to make it, but who knows? Maybe next year. Maybe next year we splurge for the ninth annual Fred Toberfest. Get the you know. We get, got that in the budget, tempting, right? Yeah. Get the full mobile and just ride on yeah. out there. All right, Joe Mager, James Early, guys, thanks for being here. Thank thanks, you, Chris. Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Be sure to check out The Motley Fool Money radio show this weekend. That's Motley Fool Money on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Please don't forget to vote for the 2011 Podcast Awards. It's open for the next two weeks. You can vote every day at podcastawards.com. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday. Oh, 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 oh